Welcome to another episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank, and we have another great, great show uh, in store for you this evening. Hope you all enjoyed our show last night. What a great, great time we had uh, with Dante Marchitelli talking about the Orlando Magic. Well, tonight we have another special guest for you. Joining us in about 15 minutes will be Bradley Lewis Walker. Bradley Lewis Walker is the host of the Walker Report and the Sunshine State Jabber. Um, so we will be talking to him a little bit later. Uh, we do have a couple of different topics, and we'll get into more um, as we get going. But some of the main topics we're going to talk about tonight, obviously, again, the MLB coming down with another proposal, the union coming down to the players, and we'll get to that in a couple minutes. But um, we'll also be talking about um, Florida's, uh, the state of Florida now allowing um, college athletes to go ahead and get endorsements. So we'll talk about that as well. Want to remind you all, if you're just joining us now, whether it be on Facebook Live, on our timeline, on our YouTube channel, whichever it may be, please do me a favor and share this on your timeline with all your friends. So that way, you know, the more guests, the better the show is. Also want you to get involved. If you are listening, I don't care what platform you are on, Go ahead, leave a comment, let us know you're on, love to say hello to you, and ask some questions. You know, one of the reasons that I got onto this format is I want to encourage people to ask questions. Now, I don't care what the question is, if it's relating to sports, I'm not sensitive, I will do my best to answer the question. If I think it's not an appropriate question, then at that time, I will go ahead and say so as well. So please go ahead, invite this to your timeline, share it with your friends. Let's get as many people involved as possible. Now, later today, uh, I'm sorry, earlier today, I should say, um, the um, governor of the state of Florida, having a little difficulty here. The governor of the state of Florida went ahead and he uh, stated that it is okay now. He put a law into effect that states that all athletes in the state of Florida, college athletes, are now allowed to make money off endorsements. So they can make money on their likeliness, their name, whatever it takes, the athletes are now allowed, they are now allowed to make money. Now, Florida is starting this first. They're going to start it next summer where the NCAA, NCAA wanted to wait till like 2023 to go ahead and start this. Well, the state of Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis said today, no, we're going to start this next summer. And you know what? Good for the governor of Florida. You know, I know he's been taking a lot of crap down there with the coronavirus and everything, but he made the right move here. You know, too many times we see these college athletes being financially taken advantage of. You know, and I, I understand they do get a scholarship. They do, are allowed a free education, but we all know that the op, the 
potential for them to actually stay in school for the four years and get the education is not likely if they're a very, very talented athlete. Usually the junior year or before they go. But now they can make money. These universities were making millions and millions of dollars off names, you know, that are just incredible. You know, if you're talking about Florida, you're talking about the Tim Tebow's. You know, they could have made so much money off their names and they weren't allowed to. But now, guess what? They said we can go, they can go ahead and do so. So, you know, kudos to Governor DeSantis by taking the first step, doing it first, and allowing the athletes in the state of Florida to make some money in their colleges. And you know what? If I was an athlete, I'd want to make money off my name too. You know, why should the university make money off my name? These universities, they had gotten to a point where they felt like they owned these athletes and they didn't. It was wrong. It was completely wrong. Now, we can have a whole nother debate on whether athletes should or should not be get paid in college athletics, but we'll do that another time. But as far as making money off their name, making money off jerseys, making money off their likeness, if somebody wants to go ahead and say, do a Nike commercial or whatever commercial, they should have that right. You know, and... I am so happy to see that um, not only the NCAA, but that the state of Florida has taken that initiative first. Want to remind you, in about 10 minutes, we're going to have Bradley Lewis Walker joining us. He is the host of the Sunshine Sports Chamber and also the Walker Reports, both of them sports shows in the state of Florida. So looking forward to having him on and talking about some of these topics that are facing the sports world today. And one of the things that happened today, and I'm getting to it right now on my phone because I did put some information here, is Major League Baseball owners came back with another proposal. And I'm going to be quite honest with you. This is getting to a damn point where it's so damn depressing listening to these billionaires and millionaires talk about pennies on the dollars. It's, it's getting to a point, and you know, there's times where you think the owners are right. There's other times where you think the players are right. But at the end of the day, they're both looking like a bunch of fools when it comes to this negotiation. This is not supposed to be the year where they're negotiating what should be played, how it should be played, how much money it should be, how it should be prorated. And obviously because of the coronavirus, the unfortunate, you know, suspension of the season, they have to come up with some negotiation, but they remain the only league and the only major professional group to have trouble with this. And today, um, sources have confirmed that Major League Baseball proposal to the union was a 72-game season with players receiving 70% of the prorated salaries for regular season and 80% of postseason if the postseason is completed. A lot of you have known that um, the uh, owners were very, very cautious and very skeptical about what may happen in the fall with the coronavirus? Uh, will it have a second wave? Will they be able to play the entire postseason? But, you know, they did. If it does, you get 80%. But now what happens is Major League Baseball 
uh, Association came back even before anything and said, no, we're going to reject it. Now, Major League Baseball owners did play hardball here. They have said we will give you this Sunday to accept it. Otherwise, this offer is nullified. And, you know, that had a bad taste in the player's mouth. Plus, there's a lot of bickering back and forth. Um, um, it says that the root of the problem is that the players don't believe that the owners are claiming a $640,000 loss per regular year game without fans. Fans. Players suspect owners make dollars per game even without fans. Um, and the problem you have here is the players do not trust the owners. They made that very clear. They want to see the financial books and say, prove it to us. Now, you know, we can go on all day discussing this, but at the end of the day, I have never seen an organization or a company ran where the employees are dictating what the owners do. Now, I have stuck up for the players. Everybody that has been watching these shows, that have been listening to my podcast, or watching on uh, Facebook Live, knows I've been sticking up for the players. I've been saying the owners are greedy, and they are greedy. I can have a lot of different words that I could use for the owners right now. Um, but at the same time, this is a two-way street. The players are wrong, too. You know, it started with Blake Snell crying that he doesn't want to make any less money, and he sounded like an immature baby and somebody that doesn't give a crap about anyone but himself. That's how it started. Then the owner's saying, we want to rechange your contracts. We want to go ahead. The initial uh, agreement we had um, in March, we want to nullify and now we want you to make less money. So there you go, they're wrong. Now you got the players saying, I want to see the books. I have never seen a company like this. It's incredible that employees can go to the people they work for and say, we don't want to play. We don't want to play. And I understand they have a union, but at the end of the day, there's got to be a compromise. And you know what? What really, really sucks about this whole situation is that it's not right now. They don't the union doesn't care about the owners and the owners don't care about the unions. They all care about themselves. I don't care who you think is right, who you think is wrong. There is greed on both sides and nobody can make me believe that it's anything else. But the, the problem is. It's not the players losing out. It's not the owners losing out. At the end of the day, it's the people they don't care about that are losing out, and that's the fans. They couldn't care less about the fans. They are both proving that they do not give a crap what the fans think. All they care about is, A, the mighty dollar. And for those of you, and we talked about this many times, that still think it's because of safety, you're full of crap. It is not about safety anymore. That has been taken care of. If, Like we talked about last night, if it was about safety, then they shouldn't be talking about playing the damn games at all. And, 
you know, this, you know, we talked about how sensitive a time this is. We're going through a lot in this country between COVID-19, the protests, the injustice, and now Major League Baseball is leading by example saying, oh, maybe two sides can't get along. I mean, it's just, you know, once again, they get into this crap and they constantly show us the lack of leadership in Major League Baseball. And, you know, the commissioner of all people, and, you know, I've had my comments about the commissioner before, you know, many, many times. And, you know, he is in a very complicated situation right now. And, for you know, for probably the first time I do or I did understand what he's going through, he's trying to get the two sides to work it out. Remember, next year they're going to have to do this all over again. And he's trying to allow them the opportunity to build these relationships, you know, between Tony Clark and the owners and da 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 and Hanlon and all these different people, but it's not working. It is not working. So as a leader, you know, you gotta look at this situation from the outside looking in saying, this is not working. I need to get involved. And as commissioner of baseball, he needs to get involved put his foot down and says, this is bull crap. This is what we're going to do. If you like it, great. If you don't, go somewhere else. But this is the way it's going to be. And he has the authority to go ahead and do that. And he has not yet exercised that right. And I really hope for the good of baseball that he does something quickly because as time goes on, and once again, we've talked about this day after day, Baseball is continuing to completely tarnish its name and make people just want to disassociate like it did last time. And I'll tell you what, your average baseball fan, you know, your big time baseball fans are going to watch baseball no matter when it comes back. There's no if, and, or buts about it. But those casual fans that, you know, were on the brink of going either way, are not going to come back and watch baseball. They are not, because it's nothing but a disgusting, self-centered things that's going on between two group of people who are showing that together they cannot work together to come um, up with a uh, compromise. And it's just a very, very, very sad situation going on in Major League Baseball. We're about to get Bradley Lewis Walker on the line. Uh, once again, Bradley Lewis Walker does the Walker Report and the Sports Jabber. So he should be on the phone. Well, let's try this again. All right, we'll wait for that phone to clear. Um, something going on with that line. There we go. So we'll get him on the line, and we'll be talking about some of the different situations going on in sports. So we'll get Bradley on the phone here shortly. What's going on? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I'd like to introduce to you on the Frankly Speaking Sports Hotline. It is my pleasure to introduce to you a friend of Frankly Speaking Sports. He uh, is the host of the Walker Report and the Sunshine State Jabber. Let's welcome in Bradley Lewis Walker. Bradley, how are you doing today? Bradley, are you there? 
Okay, having trouble hearing you on your phone over there. Okay, can you hear me better now? Oh, absolutely. Whatever you just did definitely worked. You're coming in fuzzy, but now, now, now you're coming in good, buddy. Hey, you know, okay. what a great person to have on the line. We were just talking about some of the uh, different topics going on in the world, and as much as you don't like to talk about this, I'm going to have you talk about it on my show because I'd love to see the uh, pissed off side of you a little bit. And it's about Major League Baseball. And today, and I'm not sure how familiar you are, we were just talking about the new proposal that was put in by the union to the players where there was like 72 games. And the players already said that they're going to reject it and that they don't trust the owners. They don't believe they're losing so much money uh, per game, you know, let's let let's both you and I talk about this a little bit. I want to first get, and I know what it is, but so the listeners of ours can hear it, your whole frustration and your whole thought process on this bickering between the owners and the players. Well, I mean, as a baseball fan, yeah, you have to be frustrated because, once again, we're in the midst of... COVID-19, there's 44 million people right now that are unemployed, that don't have a job, and you have millionaires and billionaires fighting over money, and they can't come to an agreement, and what's going to end up happening is they may not have a season, and then what's ever going to happen beyond that is when their CBA expires in December of next year, then it's going to be even worse than it is now, and if this sport goes on a strike, I don't know how baseball will recover if... this, at this point in the time, this was their time to shine. This was their time to be in the limelight when there are no live sports going on outside of League soccer and all that. But in no American sports outside of NASCAR, if you want to consider NASCAR uh, a watchable sport. Some people do. I'm one of them that is not really a big NASCAR fan. Hopefully I don't offend anyone because there are probably a lot of NASCAR people that listen to both our shows. And, you know, the, you know, this is was the time for MLB to be in the limelight, to shine, to get the fans to want to come back and watch baseball. But yet, they dropped the ball, and now there could be no season. And even if they do come back, there's going to be so many people that are pissed off. They may not watch baseball. Yeah, and you now know, you have we, hockey and basketball on the verge of coming back. And, you know, we were talking about that right before you got on, about, the, you know, you know, your everyday uh, diehard baseball fans, you're not going to have to worry about them. But there's a lot of casual baseball fans out there, like you said, that, you know, are so disgusted. And for the first time ever during the a summer month, besides when football starts back up, which is really September, um, there's going to be competition now with Major League Baseball because now you're going to have hockey. Now you're going to have the NBA. Uh, so they're really putting themselves in a very dangerous situation. Yes, yeah, they are, Larry, and, and that's and that's the bad part is, you know, this is supposed to be what is it? What do they call it? America's pastime. This is supposed to be America's sport, but yet they're fighting over money in a time where it would be great for them to stand up for the country. We're in not only with the pandemic but with the protesting going on throughout the world. You know, so this will be a great time for baseball to be the sport that everyone loves and goes back to if you are a baseball fan. Of course, there are people out there that 
can't stand baseball. But it would be nice to have something to watch on TV with the before hockey and basketball make their return. So again, baseball just they can't can't do it. I mean, I, I don't understand how you're going to turn down a 76 game season with 70 percent of your prorated salary, and you're going to turn that down. That's uh, that's hard. I mean, I think. What is going to end up happening, or maybe it might happen, is Rob Manfred's going to step in and say, you know what, guys, we're playing at so many amount of games. You agreed to the March 26th uh, CBA that we acknowledge. You guys agreed to that. We're going to play that. You don't want to play. You stay home. We'll bring the minor league guys up, and we'll have an MLB season. That's what I think is going to happen. And, you know, exactly what you're saying. It, you know, you think about all the minor leaguers that have gotten laid off in the uh – you know, the past couple months, you know, you're talking hundreds of minor league players, but, you know, when I look at this whole thing, you know, I think, you know, you know, some people will say the owners will side with the owners, other people will side with the players, but at the end of the day, both sides are wrong as far as I'm concerned. I mean, don't get me wrong, um, you know, I've, there's times I agree with the owners, and there's times I agree with the players, and right now... I'm back with the owners. You know, I, last week I was with the players because, you know, there's things that are being done. Yes, the agreement with March uh, in March is the one that should have been exercised throughout this whole process. Then the owners come back saying, no, we want to prorate it differently now because we may lose money. But now they've come back with another plan that seemed to be... Uh, you know, a pretty decent plan. You know, they're going to get 80% of the, uh, you know, postseason revenue should they complete it. And it just looks like, um, you know, this is not supposed to be happening now. This is the bull crap that's supposed to be happening next year. And right now, like you said, and you made a great point, and uh, I'd love you to go ahead and, um, you know, further on it, is that what job in America can us as employees go up to our bosses when our bosses says, this is what we're going to do for you, and say, no, we don't accept that? I don't think there's any. Larry, to be honest with you, I mean, I know if I walked up to my boss, he'd say goodbye. We'll find someone that'll, that'll want to keep working. You know, so yeah, I guess. But then again, you know, like you said earlier, the, the, one of the, it, you, again, it's, they're both sides to blame. There, it takes two to tango. So again, they're both sides to blame here in this situation. And what I didn't know, and from what I've been reading into it, I always thought that the owners were the reason why there wasn't a salary cap in baseball. Now that I see what is going on here recently with the MLBPA, they're the reason why there's no salary cap in baseball. Because if there was, they wouldn't be making you know, $500 million like Mike Trout's making. There ain't no way that would happen in a salary cap because that's why the NFL, ML, or NFL, NBA, NHL, you don't have big contracts like that. Yeah, you may get a $200 million contract here or there, but other than that, you're not getting major money like they are in baseball. And there won't be a salary cap because of the PA. It's not going to happen. It won't happen in my lifetime. So I have it ever happen at all. That's my issue with it, too. Right, and it should happen. I agree with you on that. It is the only major sport 
without one. Now, you mentioned earlier about Robert Manfred, and I know neither of us, you know, you and I have talked about this several times, that we're not necessarily big fans of his, but he is in a very complicated situation, and I'm the last guy to stick up for him because I understand what he's doing. I really do. He wants to see these two sides try to work it out because in uh, not in less than a year, they're going to be going through the same exact thing, and he wants them to build their relationship. But we're getting to a point now that don't you think he needs to step in? Well, I, I, I think what happened, Larry, is he came out on the first night of the draft on Wednesday night. He came out uh, two nights ago and came out and said, there will be baseball. Correct. 100% chance there's going to be baseball in 2020. I think, I, I'm telling you right now, I don't see them either by the this end of this weekend or by the middle or next weekend itself. I think he's got a timetable in his head. You know what? If there's no agreement, I'm stepping in. I'm the commissioner. You have to listen to me. That's why you guys hired me. The owners hired me to run the league. Guess what? I'm stepping in. And he is in a, he's in hot water as it is anyway with how he handled the Astros and Red Sox cheating scandals earlier this year. And if there's anyone out there right now that's happy that baseball is having issues with money, it's those two franchises because they're like, oh, my God, we might get out of people forgetting that we cheated. And we're going in this season and everybody will be worried about being pissed off about the money situation and not worried about what we did last year. So they might be actually in a weird way getting feeling a little bit better about what happened. But I think he will Larry, I think he's going to step in either by the end of this weekend or by next weekend. We'll, we'll I would say a week from now, we'll have a, we'll have a season started because he will step in and do something. And, you know, I don't really think he has a choice. And the reason I'm saying that is if you listen to both sides, the one thing they do agree on is that they're skeptical about how far the season can go because of this second wave of coronavirus, you know, possibly coming back in the fall. Well, mm -hmm. isn't it hypocritical to say that if, the longer you wait, the longer you're going to play. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know you've read, too, the, the players pitched 114-game season, and they wanted, to, they wanted it to end on October 31st, which is Halloween. Right. That's fine, but then the playoffs will be in November and December. So how are you going to play baseball in New York or Boston or Chicago in December when it snows? Absolutely right. Are you gonna Are you gonna make them come to a neutral site? So you're gonna tell me that you're gonna tell the New York Yankees who sell out most of their home games in Yankee Stadium to go to a neutral site here in Florida or in Arizona because it's warmer here and they can play here all year round. That's not gonna work. That's not gonna work. And again, the players are crazy if they think they're gonna get a 114 game season in this late in the in the year because you're gonna have to have a two or three game. Uh, sorry, two or three week, you know, spring training before they can even get back on the field or they're going to get injured. Absolutely. They definitely will. Yeah, it takes, they said, about a good three weeks to get back in game shape. And, you know, obviously that's the pitches take a little bit longer than, you know, the position players. I want to switch topics a minute with you. Um, it came down earlier today 
And I don't know, once again, I don't know what you've been doing all day, but that Governor Ron DeSantis is now allowing college athletes to go ahead and make money off endorsements, off their name, off their likeliness. Is this something, and he's actually going to be the first state to do it. Originally, the NCAA was going to do it in 2023. Ron DeSantis said, no, we're not making the college athletes in Florida wait. We're doing it next year. Is this long overdue? See, Larry, honestly, paying college athletes is a slippery slope because I read on my show a couple weeks ago that the the Power Five conferences, that's the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, and the Pac-10 are the big Power Five in college football. They wrote to Congress, the U.S. Congress, not state Congress, it's the U.S. Congress, the U.S. government and said, hey, we want to have a mandate to make sure the NCAA doesn't screw us when we, because starting in the 2020, 2020, 2021 season, or the 2021 season, when the college football rolls in August of next year, that was when it was officially supposed to start. We were supposed to be supposed to start paying players for their popularity, jersey sales, whatever it might have been. So now that Ron DeSantis has said, you know what, I'm not going to, we're not going to wait. And to me, it's funny that it's my home state that is going to be the first state to open it up. Um, but it's, it's, to me, it's a slippery slope because you know what's going to end up happening is, and I had this conversation the other day, so you're going to pay all the players, right? Well, let's, ha- let's see what happens if you're not one of those top guys. Let's say you're a second or third string guy on the team that never sees the field. How are you going to get paid more than, or be equally paid as the guys that the guys that are on the field? I don't know how that's going to work. So that's the slippery slope that college sports is going to play moving forward with paying their players. In my opinion, I could be wrong, but that's my opinion on it. Well, and this isn't coming down. Let's talk about not paying, but from an endorsement side, if you are the first string players or, you know, the most popular players on the team, shouldn't you have that right to make money off your name? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Right. So, I mean, that part, and, you know, the thing is with college athletes, I feel, and once again, this is my opinion, that over the years, and we can go back as far as you want in time, with college athletics, the college universities and the universities have been just making a killing off these student-athletes and, you know, pocketing all that money. And I personally don't think that was fair to the athletes. I, well, I, I agree, Larry, because, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but the um, university that profits more than any university in the United States is University of Texas. And as we all know, their symbol is the longhorn, the, you know, the, the bull with the horns. That logo is everywhere, not just on, not just on Texas, not University of Texas, it's everywhere. That logo is used, you know, throughout. But they get buku bucks because they're selling that logo. And, of course, like you said, too, you have college, you know, these players come to college. And, again, I, we, we both know that they get a four-year scholarship. They get a free – most of them get a free ride to college. 
and they don't play out the four years, or that they do, great, they get an education, that's great. And everybody, oh, well, you know, you're giving them a $50,000 education for free. Well, that's great. But then they can't go out and get a job. They can't go out and hang out with their friends and do fun things that a lot of college kids get to do because you're at practice or you're in class. That's your choices. So now it's gotten to the point now where they said, you know what, we're tired of it. Now we want to get paid for, for, for playing sports. So let's see how it all plays itself out. Yeah, and, you know, that's all we can do. Um, you know, I want to get on a little bit tougher of a topic, and I know neither of us are huge NASCAR fans. I know we both have listeners that follow it, so we know enough about it so that we can talk about it when we need to. But just a couple of days ago, NASCAR has decided in to somewhat is a controversial uh, topic, they decided to eliminate the uh, Confederate flag from all together at all the events. And for those of you that uh, um, know that uh, it's been a symbol for NASCAR, you know, since the beginning, um, my question to you on this is, it's a very tough topic. It's a complicated topic. It happened right after Bubba Wallace, you know, the only African-American driver said, you know, we need to make more people feel comfortable coming to NASCAR. What's your perspective on them doing that? Well, it's, it's funny, Larry, that you asked me that question because I had one of my callers, actually. I actually talked about him. He is a NASCAR fan, and I asked him uh, his opinion on the topic, and I have to agree with him on this. They did ban the Confederate flag from all, um, all races from here on out. Now, if people do not know the Confederate flag stands for the Confederate Army in the Civil War back, way back in the day. And again, my opinion, I don't want to get political here, but the Civil War by far is the worst war that America itself has been in because we fought each other. It wasn't like we were fighting a foreign enemy for, for bombing us or whatever. We were fighting against each other. We disagreed on the, on the topic, and we fought each other for it. So that was the worst war that I think America stands for right there is that one. But as far as that, he told me that he, he probably should have just as surely but surely just dissolve the flag out, you know, and say, okay, fly the Confederate flag here, but next year you're not allowed to do it. This this track is not going to allow to do this next year. And then surely but surely just get it completely out of the sport altogether. But they went ahead because of what's going on in the country. They want to make sure that they clear themselves. They don't want to be called a racial or a racist sport. They want to clear, you know, clear everything out. And, you, you know, I don't have a problem with it. Me, personally, I don't have an issue with it. So moving forward, if that's what they want to do to make the sport more comfortable for all their drivers, absolutely, because NASCAR is one of those two sports that is hurt because they rely on sponsorships. So if there are companies that are on those cars closed, you're not making any money. So they, they're depending on everyone coming back, too, because they're sponsorships. That's how they make their money. Those, that's how those NASCAR owners make money is by sponsorships. That's how the drivers make their money so or endorsements and stuff like that. So to me, Larry, it is a very, very tough topic. But in the end, it, it was the right move to do, to move on. Obviously, we all have to do our part in this racial battle that's going on right now that's been going on for a long time till now. 
and it hit ahead by an innocent man being killed by an ignorant police officer. And that's what it is, plain and simple. So now we all got to come together. We got to make the country better. And that's, this might be one of those steps that have to be taken to make that happen. And, you know, you mentioned that's a great, great, great point. And one of my things I was talking about yesterday is, you know, everyone has the right to feel comfortable when they go to whatever event it is that is put on, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, hockey, NASCAR, whatever the heck you want to, uh, you know, sport it is. And at the end of the day, people were uncomfortable. And I thought about this, and I didn't realize it, that Bubba Wallace is currently the only African-American driver on the circuit right now. You know, and then when I thought about it, you know, my perception of it, and, you know, I'd love to hear yours, is could it be the reason why there are so few, well, only one African-American in NASCAR because they felt so uncomfortable because of certain situations with NASCAR, one of them being the Confederate flag? Yeah, Larry, Larry I, I think so. I really honestly can say that because, I mean, if you listen to Bubba's comments, he said that he was uncomfortable going to the track as a driver and driving because, remember, you have fans that sit... I, I, again, I've never been to a NASCAR race. I'm hoping maybe because I live here in Florida, everyone says, go to the Daytona 500, it's so much fun, even if you're not a NASCAR fan, just to go to experience it. But they have people that are in motor, motor, motor homes in the middle of the track. So if, you know, if you see a Confederate flag, how does he know those people are not there to hurt him? I mean, that's the scary part because, unfortunately, we live in a world where we don't know where, what kind of reactions we're going to get out of people. There are some scary freaking people in the world that do stupid things and injure people for no dang reason whatsoever, but that's where I think maybe you, you, you hit the nail on the head is maybe he, because he's the only African-American driver on in NASCAR, maybe that's why there's not a lot of them because they're, they're just, they were just too scared. Hey, I'm not going to go drive because they have, you know, Confederate flag is flying. They could be racist towards black drivers. Why should I risk my life? So yeah, absolutely. I absolutely can. I can agree with that. We are talking to Bradley Lewis Walker. He is the host of the Walker Report and the Sunshine State Jabber. You know, both of us, and I've listened to your show. You listen to my show, and you know, I've had many guests, as you know, on my show, and we talked about the last couple of weeks with all the injustice and everything going on in the world and how terrible it is. You know, you and I both agree on that. We've talked about it on our shows that there is no place in this world for racism. We're all built the same. It's just the color of our skin that is different. And it's just a very sickening and nauseating thing for me. And I know for you to see this injustice going on in our world today. And right before... The George Floyd situation happened. We both did a show separately on, I believe it was the Rooney, the changes to the Rooney rule in the NFL. And we both did a great job talking about it. And I'm having trouble understanding. And I talked about this on my show. And I don't know if you talked about this exact topic, but 70% of the players that play in the NFL are African-American. And it's a huge number. There's like 1,700 players in the NFL when you multiply the teams by the number of players. 
and 1,200 of those 1,700 players are African American. Now, obviously, they can't coach and play at the same time, but I find it hard to believe that, you know, the NFL, the owners, and the people that hire the executives, the GMs, and the head coach have this much difficulty finding an African American who can do those jobs when your business is created by 70% African American. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, uh, Larry, I, I completely agree. And you know what? I think I'm going to give you a perfect example of one man who I think deserves to be a GM in the NFL, and that's ESPN's Lewis Riddick. The guy was on the NFL draft, and the, the what what he has been saying since the George Floyd incident, um, I really honestly believe he should be a GM in the NFL. Again, he hasn't been given that opportunity, and maybe it's because of the color of his skin and like. You said earlier, it is really, really ridiculous that we still are judging people by the color of their skin or their sexuality or their, you know, sexual preference or whatever it might be. But they're being judged for not just who they are, but for, for that. It, it's just ridiculous. Absolutely. It should, this shouldn't even be a topic today. There shouldn't be a Rooney rule. It should be a fair ball game between... African-American head coaches, general managers, whatever you want to talk about when your league is made up of 70% African-American players. So to me, yes, it's awful that we don't have, we don't have more black. Uh, how about a black owner? How about that? How about an African-American owner in the NFL? I don't think there is one in the NFL. So they need to, you know, start with that, have an owner and have, you know, I like what Bruce Arians does here in Tampa Bay. He's got two African-American coordinators. He's got a two or three female coaches on yeah. his staff here in Tampa. He's trying to bring in what the future of sports should be. You shouldn't be worrying about what your sex is or what color your skin is. Everyone should be given a fair shot to be a head coach or an assistant coach, a GM, or an owner. It shouldn't matter. And it's, it's sickening that we are talking about this, and it shouldn't, be a, it shouldn't be a problem, but it is. Unfortunately, it is. Yeah, and we're in the year 2020 right now. The, I mean, yep. We should have never had this issue to begin with, yet right. all these years later, and, you know, I, God, it, it just, it really frustrates me and disgusts me how people can just judge people simply because the color of your skin. I, I, I can go on this all day telling you how nauseating it makes me and frustrated and disgusting it is for people to judge people. There's no, like I said, there's no place for racism anywhere in this world. And you were talking about uh, Lewis Reddick, who I love as well as you do. I'm a big Lewis Reddick fan. I listen to him all the time. But another guy that you know I thought should have had an opportunity to be a NFL coach, actually, you know, and they won the uh, Super Bowl last year is Eric Bellamy. I mean, I can't understand. You know, this guy. You know, he's you know done a great job here with uh, Patrick Mahomes. They win the Super Bowl, and yet he's another African American that. For some reason, he's gotten interviews, but I don't want to insinuate anything, but why the heck isn't this guy a head coach? 
You know, uh, Larry, that's a million-dollar question because I absolutely agree with you. What he's done in Kansas City, and again, they won the Super Bowl. They're going to come back this year, I'm sure. As I talked about last night um, with another one of my uh, Facebook friends online, that he's a big Bucks fan, and he actually predicted that coming out of the AFC would either be Kansas City or Baltimore. And I say I have to agree with you because – those are the top two teams from last year. I know Tennessee upset Baltimore in the playoffs a year ago. I don't see that happening this year. I think Baltimore will be much more prepared for something like that moving forward. But you're right. How in the world does a coach like, or how does a coach like Eric Bieniemy not get an opportunity to be a head coach? And then if you go back to you were talking about the Rooney Rule, they're going to give an extra draft pick to a team that brings on an African American coach or. a you know, a GM or whatever. So you're rewarding them. It shouldn't even have to come down to a reward. You should have to do that because he or she is the better, the better coach or the better, you know, the better person to coach your team. Not because he, he or she is black. It shouldn't matter. But it, it, you know, that's the problem. See, and you're exactly right. He should be a head coach somewhere. And hopefully Maybe if, if the Chiefs repeat a Super Bowl champion, let's say they win another one this year, in my in my backyard here in Tampa, if they win another one, then I can't see why he wouldn't be a highly touted head coach moving into the twenty twenty one season, which would you know, the twenty twenty the twenty 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 one NFL season. If that happens, he should already well, he should already be a coach, but Hopefully next year, even if they don't win the Super Bowl, you should still get an opportunity to be a head coach. Yeah, the enemy. I don't know why I said Bellamy. I don't know what I was thinking. But yeah, I, I'm a big fan. I think you. I think where I think you got it. I think I got it wrong. I think it is. I think it's the way you pronounced it. Either I, way, I, I think I would want to get it's it wrong. the same guy we're talking about. <laughs> so yeah. either way, but you know, and you know, you talk about the Chiefs, and real quickly, you were talking about how good they could be this year. They got 20 of 22 starters. Returning on that team, and they get and they got a steal in the draft at the thirty-second pick with Edwards from LSU. So you're right, this team is going to be dangerous. So you got potential for this team to go out again. I know they're favored probably to go to the Super Bowl, and if that does happen, I mean, I would be just, I would be so upset if I'm Eric and I don't get a head coach, at least an offer. If he wants to turn it down, that's fine. That's up to him. But he should at least be offered the job. I agree. Yeah, I mean, if he if he goes into the season and they say, hey, you know what, you know, okay, and, I, and I'm not picking on a certain team here. I'm just, again, this is just me talking. Um, say the job in Cleveland comes up and he says, you know what, I don't want to go to Cleveland right now. I don't think I don't think it'll work for me. I want to stay in Kansas City, you know, one more year and and see if I mean because again he has the opportunity to pick where he wants to go. And again, I'm not picking on Cleveland Browns. All the fans out there, I'm not picking on the Browns or anything. I'm just saying if a head coaching job opens up and maybe he doesn't feel that he fits in their system or the way that they run their team, maybe he says, you know what, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there and he stays with Kansas City, then that's up to him. But you're right. He should be offered a head coaching job, even if the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl. Say they win the AFC West again, and then they're, they go out in the AFC Championship game like they did a couple years ago for the Patriots. You know, who knows? Because, again, you know, 
he should get a head coaching, at least get an offer to be a head coach somewhere. Before I let you go, we are talking to Bradley Lewis Walker. He is the host of the Walker Report, and he is also the host of the Sunshine State Sports Jabber. Um, a topic I know you love to talk about, the NHL and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yesterday, I believe it was yesterday, um, the commissioner came out, the NHL HL Public Relations put out a release that says they're entering the third stage, which is the final stage, obviously, before stage four, which is the final stage, um, where they get to come back and start training camp. For a hockey fan, I know you've been waiting for this. They're talking about possibly the middle of July having all these guys back together ready to play hockey. Uh, you got to be a happy man about that. Absolutely. Uh, behind football, uh, hockey is my second favorite sport to watch. Um, I was a season ticket holder for the Lightning for nine years. Many of those seasons were losing seasons, so you know how much I love hockey. If you are a season ticket holder and you renew your tickets, even during a losing season. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think the, the funny thing about the Lightning is they were one of the two teams that voted against the new playoff policy because they felt that there were teams that didn't belong in. Them and the Carolina Hurricanes were the other team, if everyone's wondering who the other team was. And uh, it looks like a lot of pressure has been put on the Lightning because, again, we were supposed to win the Stanley Cup last year, got beaten in the first round, swept out by the Columbus Blue Jackets. We all know the story. And the Lightning are now on the verge of trying to come back. I know I heard the other day they're favored to be picked to go to the Stanley Cup Finals again. I've heard Vancouver. I've heard, you know, St. Louis again. I've heard the Colorado Avalanche come up, which that would be cool for me because the Avalanche are my favorite Western Conference team. So that would be cool to have both my favorite teams in the Stanley Cup Finals. But, I mean, it, yes, I'm very excited to have for hockey to be coming back. Now, as far as the Lightning go, real quickly, um, you know, like you said, you just mentioned the heartbreak of last year. You go on, you have the best record of anybody ever in the NHL, win the President's Cup, and then you get, you know, swept four straight by the Blue Jackets. This unfortunate suspension of the season, from a mental standpoint, they would have been going into the playoffs right away. Of course, the memory of what happened last year sticking in their head. Does this, and it's a tough question, but does it help the mental state of the Lightning? I mean, obviously, Stamkos will be back, which definitely is going to help. But how about the mental state? Do you think that's still going to be in the back of their head? Or do you think now with this time off, you know, it'll subside and they can just concentrate on hockey? I think, Larry, it's going to be 50-50. I think, there, you know, going into the first round, you know the media is going to bring it up from last year. And, you know, they have, of course, the Lightning will be one of those teams that plays in a four-team round robin. They're going to be playing against Boston, Philadelphia, and Washington in a four-team round robin. The better records will come out. That's how they'll determine the one, two, three, and four seed from when the rest of the teams play from five down to twelve. So they're going to be in that fourteen, you know, round robin in the beginning. Um, you know, you know that they're going to be thinking about that. But I, I think it helps in a weird way. And I hate to say this because I don't want to make the pandemic a positive. But the weird thing is, if the Lightning had gone into the playoffs regularly 
no Stamkos probably until round two. Now with the work with the with the season stoppage, Stamkos gets healthy. Now we have a, our captain back, which can very likely help us get to that next level. I really think, in a way, they're going to be like Tom Brady was when he got suspended. They're going to be on that tour to go out and kill people, go out and embarrass people. I'm not saying that they're going to embarrass you know, Boston or Washington or Philadelphia, and they might do a couple of those teams. They might. Boston's going to be the toughest team, I think, left. I think I've had a lot of predictions that people tell me that that's going to be the final two teams in the East. When it comes down to it, it's going to be Tampa Bay and Boston. We all know those two teams hate each other anyway, especially in hockey, but baseball too. Me being a Red Sox fan, I can tell you this much right now. You go into Tropicana Field when the Rays are on are winning, they don't want you in there wearing Red Sox gear. I've been told that many times. I've had people try to fight with me many times. So I respect the you know the fans and the and the greatness that you have it. And I'm hoping that the Rays find a way. Hoping baseball finds a way back. But yes, I I, I think it's a fifty fifty thing, Larry. I believe that yes, it will be on the back of their mind that that it that did happen last year. But I think also too. The, the, the time off will help them be more prepared for it this year around, and I think they're out for blood. All right, Bradley, I want to, as always, I want to thank you so very, very much for joining us on Frankly Speaking Sports this evening. And, you know, once the season gets started and we have some hockey to talk about, some USF to talk about, definitely love to have you back on the show. Thank you, Larry. I appreciate it, man. I, you got, you're always welcome on my shows as well, and I'll be more than happy to rejoin you guys at any time. All right. Be safe, my friend. You too. Thank you. That was Bradley Lewis Walker. He is the host of the Sports Sunshine State Sports Jammer and the Walker Report. want to remind you all, I don't know if all of you got to see, but earlier this morning we had a special uh, interview episode with Dave Sims, the voice of the Seattle Mariners. That is now on our Facebook group page, Frankly Speaking Sports. Also, if you have not yet joined, please do me a favor. Join our YouTube channel. It is free. It is free. And you get access to all of our podcasts, all of our previous videos, and all the future videos going forward. So I do want to let you know about that as well. Also, for those of you that have not heard, this Monday night, if you are a Tampa Rays fan, you have to tune into our show. We're going to be talking a lot about the Tampa Bay Rays this Monday, but even more when our special guest joins us, he is the play-by-play broadcaster of the Tampa Bay Rays, has been with the Rays since their inception in 1988. Dwayne Stats will be joining us live on Frankly Speaking Sports. That will be another live interview on our show, which starts at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. 8 p.m. Central and 6 Pacific. So for those of you baseball fans who want to really listen to somebody that really knows the game, enjoys the game, and calls an unbelievable game, Dwayne Stats will be with us Monday night, and we are looking forward to that. Uh, you know, really enjoyed having Bradley Lewis Walker on the show today. Talked about a lot of topics. 
And uh, you got to hear some different views. We talked about, obviously, the racism going on in all sports and how terrible it is that it even still exists today. We also talked about uh, Major League Baseball and the owners and the players continue to bicker and continue to act like immature kids who can't compromise on a decision. And as much as I love the players, as much as I love the owners, it's time. It's time to come together. Um, This is not the time to be disagreeing. You have that opportunity next year when you work out your new agreement. Let's get back on the field. You know, if you don't know it to yourself, at least do it for the fans. You know, I'm a big baseball fan. And I want to be honest with you today. And as we close out our show, when the word came down about the union giving the new proposal out to uh, the players, and then it came back probably within the hour. It might have been even sooner than that. Um, it came back that the owners, uh, the players might reject it. They don't trust the owners. I got really, really depressed. It really, really almost sick to my stomach where I had to pull over and get sick because I love the game of baseball that much. I rely on the game of baseball during the summer. There's nothing better, whether you're at the game. I know this year it's going to be different because we may not be able to be at the game. But just watching it on TV, listening to people that call the game like my buddy Dwayne Stats or Dave Sims, who does it for the Seattle Mariners, and all the other great people that call this game. And it's just not fair to the fans. You know, and I know, you know, I actually... We have a call, frankly speaking, sports into the commissioner of baseball. I wasn't going to reveal that. We've actually called him twice now uh, to direct line that we have. And Robert Manfred has been invited on our show to be a guest speaker. He has not responded back yet. I know he's been real busy with everything going on. So we hope, we hope. Uh, you never know to hear from him or his office soon. And we invited him on the show to talk about some of these situations going on with Major League Baseball between the owners and between the players. So hopefully we do hear back from him and we could get him on the show sometime next week. I think it would be good for the fans to hear him. I know he's not listening right now. I wish he had a way to be listening because I really love him on the show just so he could at least give a message out to the fans who are really, really disgusted and depressed about the situation going on in Major League Baseball uh, today. We also talked about the college athletes now. The state of Florida announced today, we talked about that, that all athletes in the state of Florida, college athletes, will be able, allowed to make money off endorsements, off their name, off their likeliness. It's about time. I know I'm in favor of that. I'm not necessarily in favor, and we're not going to talk about that this evening, about athletes getting paid different amount of monies at the college level. But from an endorsement standpoint, I have always been in favor of that. Anyone that knows me knows that. Uh, Once again, before we leave, several different platforms. You know our Facebook group, Frankly Speaking Sports. Please invite your friends to listen to our show and to join our group. Also, our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube. uh, Type in Frankly Speaking Sports. Go ahead and join us. If you want to watch us on TV when you type search for Frankly Speaking Sports, look for a circle. It'll have a football field in it. 
type, uh, go ahead and hit on it, and I'll bring up all our different podcasts, all our different interviews that you can listen to, and follow us also on Twitter at Larry Frankers. Thank you so much for joining us. Everybody have a great night. We'll see you Monday on Frankly Speaking Sports.